How's it going, Charles Botenston? I just put up a video about taking full responsibility. And it's one of those things that I didn't actually know what full responsibility was. And you can watch the video. I'm not going to rehash the entire thing. But essentially, most people take full responsibility when things go right, when they're having a great time, when they're on vacation, when they're with their friends, when they're with their parents, their spouse, their loved ones, their kids, their job's going right, their health is great, it's beautiful out, things like that. But they also don't take full responsibility when they plan their wedding and the weather sucks. And they say, you know what? This wedding is not good because it's raining, because it's cloudy, because it's cold. Taking full responsibility means the weather happened And you happen to choose the exact same day that that weather was going to be happening. In other words, that was already going to happen. This is is the easiest way to think about it, now that I'm actually introspectively looking at it, is that there's a timeline in life. And if you make the same decisions, if you make, regardless of the decisions, everything that you make, this is the best way to think about it. Life is happening for you. So in other words... I, I, you don't have a predestined destination when it comes to life. However, when I say life is happening for you, that means it's t- you are taking full responsibility. Most people say life is happening to me. In other words, it's happening to me and I don't have any responsibility outside of maybe a couple of things like where I'm living, how my, the job I take, the spouse, and things like that. But you also have a decision to say, you know what? I don't want to get married. I don't want to have this job. I don't want to live in this place. You have the the decision, just like in uh, office space, to not go to your job and just say, you know what, screw it. I, I like that choice is a hundred percent real. Like you are allowed to do that. The difference between people that do and don't do it, it, it comes down to two things in life: is that we steer towards looking good, at the very least. We just don't want to look bad. So in other words, we do what society tells us to do. We listen to the mass thinking. I've talked about it many times about the mass thinking, which is, and what I say on any of these podcasts literally comes down to something that will hit you now, tomorrow, or the next day. But if you think about what I'm saying, because it has taken me almost a decade to think all of this through, and finally, after hearing it and hearing it and hearing it from people way smarter than me, it clicks, and I'm like, wow, you're right. Mass thinking, which is everyone's learning the same thing in school. Like, pretty much the curriculum is the same across the United States. So, you're already being put in a box. The best thing that happened to the internet, the best thing that happened to the, to the young kids and the internet and the technology and the phones and everything else is that they now have, they are now an individual person with individual choices and they can make individual decisions based on what they want to do. In other words, you have a Facebook profile, just you, just you. You have an Instagram pro- profile that is just you. Back in the day, it was, my dad's a blacksmith, I'm going to become a blacksmith. My Dad is a uh, a locksmith or whatever. It doesn't matter. 
he's he's he he does printing presses or he works in the factory. You likely worked in a factory. You didn't go out and like start a job. There was no like opportunity to start a job. Starting a job when you really think of the titans of there's an amazing program out there called uh, the Men Who Built America on the History Channel. And if you think about it. What they did back in the day with absolutely no internet, with absolutely no way of finding out previous people besides reading about it, previous titans before them that started and monopolized an industry, now you can easily see it. You can see how Gates did it with the the PC in the early 90s and the late 80s or whenever he came out with it, the early 2000s, or how... Anyone monopolizes an in Amazon. You can you can read books. You can watch YouTube clips. You can you can see actual interviews with Jeff Bezos and say, "Oh, okay, that's how he did it. I want to reproduce what he did." Back in the day, they didn't do that. Back in the day, they they literally had the willpower to go out and start their own companies. But anyone else, or most people outside of that, ninety nine percent of the rest of the public. They did what their father did. They did what their, their uncle did. They did what they were told to do. And now that we have the internet, now that we have individualism, now that we have uprisings and we can, we can, we can spread ideas so fast, we can spread good things and bad things. And I'll, I'll talk about both sides, the good and the bad. But you can have an individual thought and get that individual thought out to the people who also have that thought. You can have people that are like, you know what, I like pink ponies, and I'm going to start a pink ponies Facebook page, and then all you do is talk about pink ponies, or it's like, I love basket weaving, I'm going to start a basket weaving, and then you just have a basket weaving conference, or sandcastles, or whatever, and then you can have literally that group of people, just them, and produce content directly to them. Back in the day, we didn't have that opportunity. We would be that outcast, We and that was the thing is that we were like, mom and dad, I really like sand, sandcastle making. And they're like, ah, yeah, son, that's not going to make any money. You need to do what your father has done. Or you need to go get a job at the factory or a nine to five or whatever. Now, you like literally the amount of entrepreneurs that are going to be coming into this world are incredible. And there's so much opportunity. When people talk about the American dream, I am so bullish I am so bullish. And listen, I know I rip on mass thinking and everything else, but I really have a lot of faith in the kids that are coming up nowadays. It is amazing the opportunity they have. It is amazing how easy it is for them to create a website or create a service, create a product. Number one is creating a product is so cheap. Creating a service, you can do that anywhere in the United States. You could be in Idaho and run one of a multi-million dollar company because you provide maybe software engineering or web web hosting or something, you know, and the, the, the best thing about Google and Amazon and, and Apple or, or any cloud-based services is you can have, instead of having your, your servers and your memory and your, your backups and everything else, <clears throat> excuse me, exactly where your headquarters is. In other words, Apple and say Amazon or whatever, they don't need to have their, their servers where their headquarters are. They can have this really inexpensive piece of real estate in Oklahoma and just 
put put it in the ground and that's where they have their servers and it's highly protective and it's highly secretive and nobody knows about it. You don't have to have it in Palo Alto or in Silicon Valley or in New York City or in New Jersey or wherever. I don't know why I brought up New Jersey. But that's the biggest thing is you have to think individualized. You have to think, you know what? I like wearing pink shoes. Great. Go out and wear pink shoes. Pink shoes. And I was actually talking about this with my buddy Jeff yesterday, is that people will have their pink shoes. And the biggest thing with their quote-unquote pink shoes, and the reason I put it out in pink shoes in quotes, is because even if people attack you, you need to be able to defend who you are because that's your identity, okay? You need to be able to defend starting a job, being healthy among friends that are not healthy, uh, going to college among your, your community that may not be too bullish on going to college. I was at this event on Saturday, and this kid was talking about his mom who's very negative, and she's you know trying to bring him down. And I told him advice that I, I don't know if I received it, but it's something that I've thought about. And when someone actually rips on you, when someone starts questioning you, you have to say one thing in your mind and say, that is not me. That's not me. In other words, when something happens and, you need, and you're taking full responsibility, you have to say, they are questioning themselves. Say, okay, perfect example. Um, you live in a peer group and the, literally the five people that you hang out who are, the five people you hang out with most is who you're going to become, you know, and, and to a T, I know this is a hundred percent true. So peer group is everything. Okay. So say your peer group is a little bit overweight. They don't go to the gym. They don't eat correctly. You by default will be overweight as well. And I will take it even a step further is you need to take responsibility for your peer group and say, you know what? And this is the thing is if you say, you know what? I had enough. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to eat well. This is what's going to happen is you're going to start getting crap from the group. Or this is, this is actually how it starts. They say, say you start eating well and you start exercising and everything else. They're going to say, oh, it's just a fad. You know, it's just a fad. He, he's just going through a phase. You know, he, he's not going to hold on to it. So they don't really think much to it. Say it goes on for a couple of months. Then they get worried and they say, he's eating right. He's going to the gym. He's looking good. He's getting more enthusiastic, excited about life. He's got more energy. And then they start questioning themselves. And when they question themselves, they question their identity. And then they say, wow. I don't go to the gym, I don't eat right, but I look at Charles and he's doing it and then they start questioning that and then here's the biggest thing, they start making fun of you. They start ripping on you. They start teasing you. They say, dude, what are you going to the gym for? Have this apple pie. What are you talking about eating this salad? Come on, that's ridiculous. This is going to come from friends and family. Just like that guy that I was talking to on Saturday was saying his mom is very negative and I said, and the reason she's, she's she, he, listen, he's always been negative. But now, through education of books, he now has a way out. He now understands that what he was doing for the first 18 years of his life was not his, well, it was his doing because he was being negative. But it was implanted in him by his mom. 
And through education of books and materials and YouTube clips of, of great entrepreneurs and brilliant people, he goes, wow, my mom is very negative. And the thing is, as he becomes more positive and ambitious and everything else, his mom is going to be even more negative, even more controversial, even more downtrodden. The reason being is because she is protecting her identity of negativity. Okay? So she's questioning her. Because he's being positive, her son is being positive, and she's negative, she questions, she goes, why are you so positive? God, you know, the world is, the world is out to get you, or whatever. I don't know what she said. But she questions, she has to question herself because that's not part of her identity, okay? I know this gets very deep, but she questions her identity, which then she questions him. And when someone questions you because of something new that you're doing that's positive, in other words, you're going to the gym, you're eating right, you just started a company, you are reading or educating or feeling your fears and doing it anyway. When you're doing something positive, People are going to think it's a phase. They're not going to really give you crap. They're going to be like, oh, okay, he's just going through this. If you keep on doing it, they will give you crap. They will tease you. They will poke phone at you. They will you know, ensure that you don't do this forever. It's just, just a trend kind of deal. And if you keep at it, I could tell you right now is you, you will lose those friends. Or you know what? You'll go different ways. And I don't say it's you. I say it's them. They're on their own path. And there is no right or wrong. You know, I, I, listen, you could always say being positive is good and being negative is bad. But the thing is, when you actually start saying things are good and bad, you start labeling it instead of everything is perfect. Everything is perfect. You know, the way it is, the way you are, the way someone else is, don't try and fix them. Don't try and fix yourself. Improve yourself. So in other words, and by the way, we put labels and meaning on good and bad. So we invented what is good and what is bad. Nothing told us this is good, this is bad, this is, this is what you should do, this is the right path in life. You know, as a society, we accepted that you go to, col- or you go to high school, then you go to college, then you get a nine to five, and then you get married and you have kids and everything else, is that when you break off and you become that renegade, when you become that Seth Godin, highly recommend checking him out, when you become that Seth Godin, then you start thinking, wow, okay, this is crazy. Um, I'm totally in a different direction than my peer group, my friends, my family, my community, you know, someone that comes out of a, a really bad community, you know, say playing sports or a musician or educationally or whatever, they're gonna get, the people are going to try and suck you back down into their community. So you have to stay strong. And it's never going to end because as you meet people and you say, yeah, no, I, I don't drink. They're like, what? Why don't you drink? What? Come on, dude, just have one drink. Just have one drink. Happened to me on Saturday. I was waking up early on Sunday. I didn't want to be clogged up. And, and that's the thing is that when I drink, I'm so groggy the next day that I'm like, ugh, I'm like, this is just not what I want to be. You can't, you're not exercising fully and everything else is when you go out and you do something bad and listen, not in a labeling term, but when you go out and you do something against your identity, say drink or smoke or not go to the gym or you're negative or whatever, I don't know, against what, who you are, 
that is going to compound. In other words, say you wake up and you eat like crap. You're then probably not going to go to the gym and then you're probably going to eat like crap because you said, you know what, I already didn't go to the gym and I already ate like crap. Why not just continue this? And then it is a self-deprecating self just you just start doing things against who you are and it compounds and it compounds and now you're it's a habit and now you're on a path of destruction a path that you don't want to take and it's really hard <laughs> i forgot what the <clears throat> the saying is but it says you know the chains of uh the bad habits are so hard to break you know they're so e- they're they're so they're so hard to form but so easy to break the chains of habit so easy to break but it's really hard to form in other words forming good habits is a challenge but you have to do it it starts every day and listen i'm in the same path as you i am doing the exact same thing as you but the difference between you and i is that i and, and I'm not saying the difference between you and I, good or bad, but the self-awareness is when I have a bad habit, I say that this caused this, that caused this for my bad habit. I say, when I snooze my alarm and I don't get out of bed, I then don't, don't go to the gym and then I don't eat right and then I don't make phone calls for business and then I don't, you know, it's a self, you have to be self-aware. And, and I would say that is the only difference between someone that is great and someone that is extraordinary, is they are self-aware to their bad habits. They're self-aware what causes their bad habits. Some people say, I don't have time to read. Okay, great. Well, what if your mom or your dad or your, someone, some loved one was in the hospital right now? Would you make time to go and visit them? Yeah, I think so. I think you would. And that's the biggest thing is that, you know, I don't have time to go to the gym. I don't have time to read. I don't, I, you know, starting that business, that dream business, that entrepreneurial spirit or anything. I don't have time to throw the ball around with my kid. I don't, you know what? Eating, is too, eating healthy is too expensive. Uh, exercising. I don't, have time, I don't have the money to go. Dude, just go out and run. In other words, when you don't, there's two things with this. Is that when you don't take full responsibility for your life, you act as the victim. And when you act as the victim, you don't see opportunity. Because as the victim, you want, you want what caused it to fix it. So, perfect example, you, you're flying out of the country and you need a connecting flight to go to your destination. Say you missed the connecting flight because of bad weather or the airplane, the, the airline screwed up and you missed your connecting flight. You say, airline you screwed it up, you did it wrong, you fix it. In other words, when you're the victim, you have whoever screwed it up, you ensure that they fix it. When in fact, if you take full responsibility, you say, you know what, I could have flown out earlier, I could have taken an earlier flight, I could have flown another day or a different way or a different airline or whatever. You take full responsibility, you say, okay, I take full responsibility for this, how do I get out of this? How do I get out of this? Or at the very minimum, you say, okay, it's no one's fault. It's not the airline. It's not my full responsibility. How do I get out of this? But when you act as the victim, 
you put yourself in, in a box of no opportunity. You don't, when, when it's the government's fault, when it's your business's fault, when it's your spouse's fault, when it's your kid's fault, when it's someone else's fault, when it's your neighbor's fault, when it's your job or your boss or, or your girlfriend or your boyfriend, your husband, your wife, whoever, your na- when it's their fault, you literally put it on them to fix it. Because it's their, no, 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 no. It's their fault. They need to fix it. It's, it's your spouse. It's your girlfriend. It's your boyfriend. It's their fault. They need to fix who they are. They need to ensure that what, what's going on, is, the economy. It, it's the economy. You know, I, I, I don't want to look for a job. I have a, a friend right now that's, you know, he's, he's quote unquote looking for a job. He's been looking for a job for two years. Okay, do you, it's the economy. It's what I'm looking for. There's not a perfect job out there. It's like, dude, is it the economy? Is it there's no perfect job? Or here's an idea. It's you. It's you. You take responsibility and you say, you know what? I'm not working as hard to look for a new job. My, I go to my first job and at my second job, as my brother said, your second job should be looking for a new job. That's your second job. Your second job is looking for a new job. And to be honest, it really bothers me when people talk about the big things that they're doing in, in life when in fact, listen, you need to look up for, to better role models, first of all. Um, and that, I think that was the biggest thing in my early 20s is I, I wasn't looking, I was reading, I was reading, I was reading the amount of action that I could have taken uh, could have been a little bit more on the extreme, but I was too worried about what other people thought. I was too worried. You know what? By me doing this, you have to live your life your way, you know? And I'm, I'm getting through that now where, you know what? I'm a little bit crazy. I'm a little bit enthusiastic. I'm a little bit excited. I'm a little bit, I love, I love the gratitude, the appreciation, and the love of life. I just love life. I love life. It's amazing. It's great. It's beautiful. It's, it's, it's just such a gift. And when you don't see it as such, it's a really big challenge to take full responsibility, to appreciate the things that you have, the health, the people that surround you, the wealth and everything else. So this is, this is the podcast is you got to take full responsibility. You have to, and by taking full responsibility, then that gives you a way out. Because if you don't take full responsibility, you won't look for a way out. So subscribe to the podcast. I come out with one as often as I can. And uh, we're, <laughs> we're really crushing it. So podcast, subscribe to it. It's on YouTube. Uh, on YouTube. It's on uh, iTunes, on uh, whatever the other one is, SoundCloud. Go to iCharles.com. Follow me on Snapchat. Follow me on Instagram. iCharles.com has everything. But uh, have an awesome day. Love you all, and I'll talk to you soon.